So you're obviously into listening to podcasts, and if you're not, uh, you're clearly lost because this is a podcast and you've taken a wrong turn on the internet somewhere. So, for all you podcast listeners out there, uh, I'm here to inform you that you can actually be getting paid to listen to this. This is all through a fancy app called PodCoin. Download the PodCoin app and use referral code COMICS and get yourself 300 coins to get started. What do you do with these coins? These coins can be used to obtain certain things like gift certificates and other valuable things that you would use in your day-to-day life. Or if you're of the more charitable sort, you could rack up these coins and give them to certain charitable organizations. And, uh, yeah, warm your heart that way, just by doing the things that you would normally be doing anyways, and that would be listening to the Cheers to Comics podcast. So, um, hop on the PodCoin app, New Year's Code Comics, and start earning immediately. I'm your host, Brian Wayne, and this is the second ever segment of Comic Book Therapy Sessions. This is really the outlet for your everyday comic book fan to just have a place to vent. It's hard to find a, an outlet at times, no matter where you are, big city, little town, whatever. It's Comic books aren't generally discussed as much as they should be, and you know you can't go up and talk about the, uh, the new Nicolas Cage movie as easily as... <laughs> <laughs> you could talk about the new Nicolas Cage movie without someone, uh, yeah, looking at you funny. And with that being said, I have a very special guest here. I there's a podcast that I've oh I've been intrigued by since the moment it, it, it crossed my Twitter feed, and that is uh, the Cage's Kiss podcast. We have one third of the hosts here, Linda. How you doing, Linda? I'm great. How are you? Um, I'm so excited. I'm I'm so excited. I've I've actually I've been recording all day and by now I thought my you know I'd be tired and I was worried about that, but no, no, now that it's time to talk about <laughs> Nicolas Cage and comic books with the fellow Nicolas Cage and comic book fan. <laughs> uh, no, I'm pumped again. I, I am. I'm Yeah, pumped. totally. So, I mean, you know, like you yeah, all the time I get that like, oh, oh, you have a Nicolas Cage podcast. Oh, you love Nicolas Cage. Oh. Well, mm. <laughs> I don't. Just, yeah, he's he's kind of the, the 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 talent that people love to hate for some reason, just because he yeah. really kind of will take any part. I think, but he always, uh, no matter how over the top he is, I always find it entertaining. And I think that's really what the the whole point of being in the entertainment industry is: is to entertain, even if it's not on a exactly. level that you expect to be entertained. I think that makes him all the more genius, and the fact that he's had so many different roles and he's been able to. To, to master that same type of feeling in so many different ways, so many different times. I find him, he really is just a master. He'll and, give you a performance you won't forget. That's for oh, sure. Yeah, that's, for, that's for damn sure. But some <laughs> of my all-time favorite movies are, are Cage movies. But the reason why, for all of you listeners out there that may may be a little uh, um, ignorant as to why, you know, why am I talking about Nicolas Cage on a comic book podcast well, this dude has a deep, deep tie to the comic book industry, uh, a deep love for comic books. So so much just to the point where he changed his stage name after one of his favorite superheroes. 
Luke Cage. <laughs> <laughs> Although that's depending on what story you believe, because he'll also say that he he named himself after one of his dad's favorite composers, John Cage. Ah. So well, I'm going to go with the Luke Cage story. thing. <laughs> I'd rather that one, too. <laughs> but, I mean, that's that's just the, the tip of the iceberg. I mean, mm-hmm. I, and I specifically brought you on because I know that you have, uh, um, um, I mean, a much deeper knowledge of, the, the world of Cage than I do, despite my love. I mean, you have an entire <laughs> podcast dedicated to the dude. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the love runs deep. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what what's what's your favorite tie for uh, for uh, Cage to comics? What's what's the first thing that you think of? Oh well, there's so much. There's so much. I mean, um, there was a whole uh, story about the theft of his comics. And um, even just as a child, he has a lot of uh, of ties with comics. Like, um, of course, there was, you know, the name change. And uh, when he was a kid, he was getting bullied really hard by the uh, neighborhood bully who would, like, beat him and his brothers up. And uh, one day, one day he decided to be the Incredible Hulk. And he took off his shirt and screamed as loud as he could and chased the kid down the block. And that's part of what gave him the acting bug. He he saw like what power there was in acting. And I just love that story because it's, you know, comics and acting like, I don't know, I feel like it was a real pivotal point in his life. That's that's incredible, and no pun intended with that being a whole story. <laughs> like that. That's that. I didn't, I didn't, I've never heard that story. That's so fucking cool. He and, literally. You know, now that I think about it, you know, if of all the, he wouldn't make a bad Bruce Banner. He oh really no! Wouldn't. I mean, the over-the-top uh, transformations. <laughs> right. Can you imagine Nick Cage turning into the Hulk on screen? Oh my god! Cage smash! Yes. Yes. <laughs> I would they wouldn't even need to CGI. Like they could just use his over-the-top performance, and he'd do it so well that the the human brain would automatically just visualize the green and the muscles and the oh, yeah, shorts. Yeah, 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 for sure. See Hollywood, we have we have ideas. <laughs> just give it to Cage, man. <laughs> But um, also when he was like about nine or ten, he created an alter ego, the spirit, and he would wear a um, a white T-shirt with like a black S on it. He would wear a, a white fedora and a white cape and he'd strap a boomerang onto his chest, climb out his window and he would like roam the alley behind his house looking for evildoers. So... <laughs> He was seriously a superhero as a kid. Oh yeah, totally. Oh my god, I, I didn't think it was possible to like this dude anymore. And I have a feeling. I mean, this is just gonna get better and better for me. This is, you know, this is supposed to be the therapy session for you guys, but um, I kind (laughs) of flipped the table on this one. (laughs) I want to know everything about all of this, so this is kind of for me as well. You get a vent, but I'm here to learn just as much. So. Yeah, no, this this works two ways here. Carry on. I mean, this is. I mean, it's great that we're starting out. At, you know, as a child, isn't that like how the normal therapy session usually starts? Right. I, I start start at the beginning. All started when he was a young child. Yeah, bullied, and now he's a superhero with a towel around his neck. Right. <laughs> and um, you know, everybody knows that he named his uh, his second son Kal El. And, you know, mm. so that's pretty, pretty goddamn nerdy. 
it. Yeah, no, that's. I mean, they're they're like super nerds out there. They'd be like, "Whoa, bro, <laughs> chill." <laughs> <laughs> Totally. <laughs> I was thinking, like, you know, if it were anybody but Nick Cage, like, that kid would so get beat up. Like, I would oh, be yeah. saying, oh, that poor kid. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, because Cage could very well be Jor-El. Exactly. I guess depending on how he feels. <laughs> right, right. But, um, also, he, he uh, co-wrote a comic called uh, Voodoo Child with his son Weston. And um, I, I, I actually have that coming to me from Amazon tomorrow. So I'm pretty excited oh, about that. That's awesome. I have to say my, my aim is kind of low. My hopes are low with it. <laughs> I feel well, like I mean, start. yeah, no, you, they can't be too high. <laughs> I mean, how old was his kid? Oh, oh, um, I want to say he was in his 20s. Oh, OK. So, I mean, it's not written in crayon. Yeah, exactly. Okay. But uh, also, I believe that um, Mike Carey is one of the the co-writers on there as well. So I'm pretty excited for it. (laughs) That sounds amazing. (laughs) I'm going to have to do some research and look it up myself now. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It looks pretty good. But um, I I guess I I should go into the the big theft. Uh, Yeah. Well, I mean, he... So... I guess before we get to the theft, I mean, we could maybe... So the rumor is, is that leaving Las Vegas gave him... That was enough of a paycheck for him to obtain the almighty Action One. That was at least from what I understand. Once he got the leaving Las Vegas role and all of that great shit, he was like, all right, I'm getting my Action One. Is that right? I mean, is that the right timeline there? It Well, actually, it's it's a couple years after. Well, no, actually, no, you're right. I think no, it is right t- timeline. Yeah, he didn't make a lot of money off of uh, off of leaving Las Vegas, but um, he did get the Oscar that year, and so that opened up a lot of other uh, okay. jobs for him. Got so it. yeah, the co- actually the timeline makes sense. Okay, cool. So yeah, that's he, he got the the action comics one, and it was a big deal, but that made him a target. Oh yeah, totally. And uh, yeah, no, that kind of that kind of leads into the the whole theft thing that you wanted to talk about. I mean, that was really the the holy grail of this uh, this mission for these prick thieves. I would imagine they just so happen to come off with some other stuff as well, like a Detective Twenty Seven and a uh, yes, oh yes, <laughs> uh. <laughs> it hurts my heart whenever I, I, I like read about it, but um, or think about it. But he, um, yeah, he had. Uh, he had a huge collection that was like in a, a display case, a bulletproof display case, like on his wall. And I, I, his, he said that he's had like a lot of parties and he just didn't notice that they were missing until one day. He's just like, Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> and wow. He was missing three comic books. And uh, in 2000, he noticed that his uh, three most valuable comics had gone missing it was uh, Action Comics number one with the first appearance of Superman, uh, Detective Comics number one, and Detective Comics number 27 with the first appearance of Batman. So, mm. ow, yeah. <laughs> and I know that his prized possession was that that uh, first appearance of Superman. 
but uh, he he ended up uh, auctioning off the the rest of his his uh, collection that like shortly after in two thousand one, and he claims that it was because uh, it was Lisa Marie Presley that made him do it. But you know they weren't married until like uh, at least like one or two years later, so that doesn't really check out. But um, a lot of people believe, and I personally believe, it was to pay off his debts he had a lot of debts so um he ended up actually auctioning them off for 1.6 million dollars yeah so <laughs> yeah and I that's mean, without the action and the detectives yeah I mean, that's uh yeah totally i mean he had another copy of the action comics number one but it wasn't as good it wasn't like as well kept as as uh the prized one yeah that's um, good. he's so he's had He's he's had two action comics number one. There are people out yeah. there that I mean they've they'll never even get the chance to even see one up close. And this guy's owned two at the same yeah. time. Like if he had a choice, I do I take this action comics or this action comic? Right. Like that, I know. It's like choose wisely. Jeez, <laughs> but uh, he also in that that collection he auctioned off uh, Detective Comics number thirty eight, which had Robin's first appearance. Uh, All Star Comics number three, which had uh, the first appearance of well, the first team up with uh, Justice Society of America, and uh, there was also Fantastic Four number one and Green Lantern number one. Oh. So. A lot of awesome comics in there, but oh, uh, man. he also said before that he he kind of wanted to auction them off so he wouldn't have such a huge target on the back. Of, you yeah, know, that, that <laughs> was that was what I read, and I would imagine it's probably a little bit about more than likely. I mean, the the whole deal was, yeah, no, I'm I'm getting rid of all this stuff because I have a bunch of debt. But it was okay. kind of, I mean, having the the robbery as a alibi to <laughs> yeah. the other story kind of <laughs> or helps. all the wives making me do it <laughs> right right you don't need people coming in and stealing from uh, it was probably yeah. one of your shit friends but <laughs> exactly it's like a little bit of column a a little bit of column b right but uh yeah 10 years later in april of 2011 it was uh his number one uh of uh, uh, Action Comics number one was found in a storage unit. <laughs> and I guess it was... That's it was... right. I forgot that same <laughs> copy. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, It was uh, auctioned off. The, the storage unit was auctioned off. And uh, the guy who ended up winning it uh, wanted to sell it. And so he contacted the uh, auctioneer who's, I guess he's, um, he's one of the frequent auctioneers on, uh, was it uh, Storage Wars? And okay. um, they contacted, uh, so, uh, uh, they talked, contacted uh, somebody to, to sell it for them. And they <laughs> ended up contacting Stephen Fischler, who was uh, like the biggest comic dealer at the time. And uh, he's actually the one who sold it to Cage, and he has a photograph, a photographic memory, so he could tell once uh, once they scanned it over, like sent him a picture. He knew that because of all the, um, I guess there was like a, a white mark on on the banner of the cover that was distinct for for Cage's copy, and so he knew that it was his. 
Oh, and sure. so, yeah, I mean, uh, flash forward a bunch of, um, I guess, cop drama. Like, they had a sting uh, to, <laughs> to make sure that, that they would actually get get it back and in one piece. And uh, they had they had the guys meet up with um, with this Fischler guy. And once Fischler, like, uh, uh, gave the signal that it was indeed Cage's copy... They um, basically said, "Oh yeah, by the way, with the with the cops, so oh, <laughs> you're not getting any money off of this. Sorry." And then, unfortunately, Cage had uh, settled with with his insurance company, so he had to negotiate repayment for that that settlement payment that he oh, received. Oh shit! Yeah, so it's like this huge drama just getting it back, but he finally did. And, um, you know, after a little trouble with that, but then in, in November of that year, he ended up auctioning it off. Anyway. I was going to say, because didn't he just make himself a target again? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, I've got this really expensive comic, but I just got it back. Like, yeah. It's been stolen before. So, yeah, he put he put it up for auction, and it sold for $2,161,000. And before, I, I guess it's like uh, the, the first... Uh, comic or the the most uh the ha- most expensive comic ever to be auctioned and um the uh certified guarantee company uh actually uh graded it beforehand and they graded it at 9.0 yeah that's insane <laughs> yeah right and so it was also the best condition ever graded mm-hmm. so <laughs> yeah that was pretty that was pretty amazing and uh i i read somewhere i don't know if if, uh this is still true but i read somewhere that they're actually going to be making a movie off of it of the whole of the no way oh (laughs) does he get to play himself i want to see somebody play nick cage hold on hold on (laughs) well then you'd have to get like john travolta right (laughs) exactly (laughs) what's he doing lately uh well not well <laughs> yeah right <laughs> not well no. he's he's the king of bombs right now so yeah. Oof. <laughs> Oof. but a nick cage revival flick come on <laughs> which i just read that they're going to be rebooting face off or they're in talks to do it and that just breaks my heart oh. <laughs> you don't mess with perfection no no that's oh that's sad there's no i mean you can't uh, you can do a sequel but (laughs) yeah yeah not a reboot maybe their kids or something (laughs) switch faces but that way we could still have a fat john old old john travolta just as just as the same nick cage he hasn't changed at all right exactly I'm telling you, he's a god or something with. <laughs> well, and yeah. apparently there have been a couple sightings of him at like uh, like the Las Vegas Comic Con. I think it's an amazing yeah. Comic Con. And yeah. oh, God, I I go to uh, I'm in Washington, so I go to Emerald City Comic Con every year. And I've uh, been lately. I've been dressing up as his character from Raising Arizona High. 
I'm just like I would die if I saw him at the at a comic con and got a picture with him. Uh, well, Emerald <laughs> City is a big show, so it wouldn't surprise oh. me one bit. You guys get all the good ones out there. I think you guys get the best comic con out there. I really do. Yeah, I think so. I mean, we've we've had a lot of great guests over here. I mean, you guys had Sam Keith. What was it last year? Year before? He's my he, the yeah. dude doesn't do he doesn't do appearances ever. And yeah. oh man, he's my favorite artist of all time in all of art, not just comic books, in all of art. So just uh I was so bummed I couldn't make it out there for that. But you know, the point is Emerald City gets it. Well, if you guys could get Sam Keith, you guys could get Nick Cage. So Yeah, I think so. Well and we would get um every year we get Derek Robertson and uh we used to get David Mack all the time and God, he's like one of the nicest guys you will ever meet at a convention. That's awesome. Just, oh, God, just an amazing guy. But, yeah, here's hoping. Maybe someday. Maybe someday he'll drop in. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, as uh, it's, he's got, of all the, I mean, the dude, he's not just, you know, a, a previous owner of uh, Action Comics three different times. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's. Uh, he's been known to to make some uh, some film appearances from time to time as far as comic book characters go. Some better than others. Um, I mean, <laughs> I thought he was really, really, really awesome as Big Daddy. Or was it God, Big Daddy? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, that that part was incredible. I mean, his over the topness in that one was so fucking perfect. Yes, I mean, when you're burning to death, you're allowed to go as over the top <laughs> as possible. Exactly. And there are people that would be burning to death, would look over at him at the same time in real life, to see that performance and go, dude, chill. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that big a deal, man. <laughs> he did it so well. But he's also had some... Some not so revered performances, uh, especially when it comes to f- being, you know, at least from the uh, from the shoulders up on fire. <laughs> yeah, right. The the whole Ghost Rider thing isn't as well received as as uh, as others, but he's also been very very forward with, yeah, no, there needs to be more Ghost Rider, and without me, you know, he ag- he agrees <laughs> that that wasn't necessarily his greatest thing. Yeah. But, that was kind of just a couple of years after he was supposed to be in Superman Lives. And which, that's, God, oh. Can you imagine? <laughs> I am so heartbroken that we don't have that movie. Uh. <laughs> but we just did an episode on it, and it's just so, so bananas. Like, the more you you find out about it, like, the more crazy it gets. Oh. <laughs> it was going to be mullet Superman, too, clearly. Yes! Like, uh, <laughs> That's the best part, is they were going to go mullet Superman. <laughs> and That's... plus the uh, the producer, the executive producer, John Peters, he wanted, um, he had three rules for Kevin Smith when he first wrote the, the script. It was um, no, no flying because it looked fake. He didn't want that, <laughs> that costume because he said that the costume was too, quote unquote, too faggy. So no costume, no underwear on the outside. Pretty much anything. It's like, oh, yeah, and he's not an alien anymore. I mean, he didn't say that, but it's like the next thing you're expecting from him. So he's trying to rewrite Superman all the See, I didn't know any of this. I didn't (laughs) realize that he was trying. Jeez, man. 
I don't know this Superman fellow, but I know his suit's too faggy. <laughs> <laughs> and this alien and superpower thing doesn't work for me. No, no. Doesn't work for me. He needs to skip gracefully, not fly. <laughs> <laughs> right? Pretty much. And, uh, oh, he wanted a giant spider. He wanted him to fight a giant spider, which uh, he ended up getting in uh, Wild Wild West. So, uh, uh, you have him to thank for that. <laughs> oh, man. I love it. Yeah. There's so uh, He's such an enigma. He really is. And the fact that... I mean, it, it, it's... It's such a, it really is a treasure to be a comic book fan and to have Nick Cage on the planet at the same time, because he really somehow does make comic books better. And so in so many different ways, it's, uh, uh, I don't know, there's so much to appreciate about him. I don't know, what else you got for, I mean, as, um, as far as the comic book, yeah, you have so much knowledge on this stuff, I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I finally found an outlet for it. <laughs> this is what we're here for. <laughs> I used to think that it would take me nowhere, but <laughs> finally I've got a use for all this this trivial bullshit. Oh, man, and so many other people are going to be blessed and graced with this, <laughs> this trivial bullshit. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. People are, are talking about, like, things that are actually helpful to the world. And here I am, like, <laughs> spouting my Nick Cage knowledge. <laughs> but did no, you know? no, no, this is this helps. Believe me, this helps. This is all good stuff. I'm just doing my part. It's, yes. <laughs> yes, we are. Uh, but, yeah, it's he's, he's a blast. I mean, even in his worst movies, it's still, you know, it's fun to see him. And you could tell when in like his, um, I guess his his most guarded performances, you can tell like how upset he was to be to be in like forced into that character. Yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. Absolutely. So Absolutely. He is a treasure. Yeah, he he really <laughs> is. He he really is. Uh. Well, I mean, if. I know we could just go on and on about Cage and all of that, but I guess I got to kind of step away from my selfishness for a second and still kind of <laughs> give you your outlet. And, I mean, this is more than just about Nick Cage. <laughs> this is also about the love of comic books in general. And, I mean, you clearly have a passion for, for comic books because if someone were to, say, be on, a, on an obsessive Cage level like you and I, more so you... And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean obsessive in a good way. Some people need to know this stuff. <laughs> but, I mean, you, you, you chose to also focus... I mean, there's so many different aspects that you could focus on when it comes to gaining knowledge of Nick Cage, obviously. And the fact that, you know, you have so much knowledge on his comic book aspects in life and history does show that you do still have a, a love for comic books in general yourself. I would assume. Oh, oh yeah, I love comics. I'm just um, with with studying for my master's degree. I just I've been woefully behind on my comic reading, but I still have like a huge pull list I get every week, and then I go in and I don't have time to go through the previews, so I have to like go through the new releases and go oh oh <laughs> and like pull a bunch of other stuff, and like my stack just ke keeps getting like bigger and bigger. But um, but I do love comics and like. I, I don't know. I feel like they're my way to relax at the end of the day. You yeah. know, like I kind of like 
no matter what kind of shit's going on in my life, like I can end just by kind of, you know, (laughs) it's it's so easy to just get ripped away from reality. Just after a couple of pages, sometimes just a couple of panels and it's, it's tunnel vision you're in and everything else is out. And that's, that's one of the amazing things about comedy. That's part of the reason why I do this podcast too, is so that, you know, other people can express why they are, you know, in into comics and what what their motivation is, and to just have a, a means to relax. I mean, how fucking yeah. simple and perfect is that? It's 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 a beautiful thing. Well, I've always had like a passion for stories of all medium, and it's just like, you know, I I feel like comic books just and video games for that matter just don't get as much love as they they should, because there's some great stories in there, and people just kind of write them off. Because well, it's not serious literature. Well, and that's that's where you know the indie comic world steps in. Is yes, yeah, Marvel yeah. and DC, the big two, the whole superhero genre. That seems to be you know what so many people um, correlate comic books to. But really, as a whole, in the comic book industry, that's just a small portion. So many of these stories right. are so far from just people in tights punching each other with superpowers. Yeah. It's uh, the the indie comic book world is in, incredible. It really is, and you know, the, all of these shows and everything are really starting to uh, appreciate it more and more yeah. and more. These indie comics are getting picked up, and a lot of people don't realize that a lot of the shit they're enjoying on TV just came from came from a comic book creator. That's, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. I remember being like a kid in the nineties and you know, my brother and I loved uh, X-Men and mm-hmm. uh, we had the, how to draw the Marvel way. Uh, <laughs> and so we oh. would watch the X-Men cartoon and uh, we loved comics, but then like, I don't know. I felt like I, I just kind of got out of them for a while, but then, um, you know, back in, I guess my college years, I, I got back into comics by reading uh, Neil Gaiman the uh, the Sandman oh, and yeah. uh, Garth Ennis, <laughs> like uh, his uh, his run at, at um, Hellblazer, and uh, with the boys mm-hmm. and oh my god, and Preacher, oh my god, Preacher, <laughs> these yep. comics just brought me back and yeah, not superheroes. Just... That's the cool. I mean, that's yeah. the thing is it's not superheroes. It's it's just uh, it's it's novel type of stuff. But they just have a badass artist telling the story. Exactly. It's, yeah. Oh man, I I love it. I mean, this is obviously things you know, but I I tend to try to really the 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 new listeners that are that are jumping on here. This is this is perfect for all of these people out here that are are on the fence and don't want to know. It just goes to show I'm not the only one saying this stuff. <laughs> There's other people out there that agree with me. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And I, I feel like we're finally getting to a point with society where it's it's OK to like comics and you're not this. I mean, it's OK to be a nerd, really, nowadays. But oh, yeah, for a while there, it was like, oh, you're going to the Comic-Con. You're going to dress up in a stupid costume. And you know, like, mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'm dressing up as somebody who doesn't give a fuck. Like, like get out of my way. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, nice. and some of the artists are just some of the greatest people you'll ever meet like so humble and so nice and oh, oh. Yeah. and a lot of times they don't even charge anything to sign your you know you sign oh, their, their, their books they're just grateful that you know they see that you already spent five bucks on this book 
four bucks <laughs> on this book. Why am I going to charge you five bucks yeah. to, for me to scribble on it? <laughs> you know? Yeah, David Mack was the best for that because I, I came up to him with um with an issue of Kabuki. And he was like, oh, do you have this? Do you have this? Oh, you've got to have this book. And he would sign everything and give me like a bunch of free shit. So awesome. <laughs> they appreciate their fans. Yeah, yeah, it was it was fantastic. Just like getting like connecting on that level with with the artists. Uh, I, I know it's I've I've had that that connection on I mean so many different times. It's it, and it's it's never any less satisfying when it's all said and done to to actually mm-hmm. get that connection with an artist. And you know they you you generally feel like they appreciated your. You're, you're you waiting in line and your presence and your conversation and whatever stupid question you have to ask or whatever. I mean, yeah, they, they just like the fa- they know that you took time and money and all of that. And a lot of people don't realize these some of these people have day jobs and shit, too. Yeah, totally. The creators, you know, they're yeah. <laughs> they, they don't understand the celebrity life and all of that shit, no matter how much you celebrate them. So it's it's cool for them, too. But yeah, yeah, that's it, it's nice to see the appreciation on both ends. That's for sure, and the connection, like you say. Yeah, it's nice to just like have that chat with some people, and I, I don't know, I love it. And I, I got to meet Garth Ennis one time, and I got to meet uh, Neil Gaiman one time, and it was that's just awesome. like, like I, I just felt so, so much joy because like these are the people that kind of brought stories back into my life, in, in you know, comic form. Mm-hmm. and they just they they can tell such a beautiful story but then they can also make you laugh and like they've got that wonderful dark humor when you wow. need it you yeah. know that's definitely the stuff that i go for those are those are the two things that attract me most to a comic is how many times it makes me laugh and how many times it makes me go oh shit <laughs> yeah. I, I, I like to giggle and i like to cringe you know it's right that's the, those are my things, and I think that's really where the the indie comics really reign supreme. I mean, Mar- Marvel knows how to bring the funny. I I, yeah. I I won't discredit Marvel there. They definitely have some really funny writers, that's for sure. But indies in general, that's just uh, that's where it's at. Marvel doesn't have dark. They don't go dark very often. I do I do got to give credit to Absolute Carnage right now because yeah. they claim this to be a horror story. If you're not uh, reading Absolute Carnage, I you should prioritize it because it's it's Marvel showing that they're not afraid to kind of go pretty dark without having to put a different label on their book. It's pretty cool. That's another one in one of my huge piles. <laughs> yeah, it's. I would imagine. Yeah. I would imagine it's hard to pass on Absolute Carnage. So, yeah, but, that's a. Uh, uh, yeah, it's it's kind of weird because like I I can go with just about any sort of comic story. Like I I really loved uh, Unnatural. That was a fun one, and um, although I'd, I'd be embarrassed when I was asking for the variant covers. I don't know if oh, you've seen yeah, them. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're. <laughs> <laughs> I'd always be like, don't judge me. Um, <laughs> I'm not a fervor. Please just give me my variant copy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but I felt like that was a really beautiful story. But then you know, like uh, I I would read um, like Hellblazer. Uh, I love John Constantine. I just love him, and um, you know it, that's what got me reading Justice League Dark, 
And Justice although League Dark's been it. awesome. I, I, I've been kind of back and forth just because with, with Tinian, sometimes um, he's a little wordy for me. But as far as the concept and the team of Justice League Dark, it's it's been so awesome. Oh, yeah, they got Swamp Thing back in there. Oh, <laughs> <Detective> man. <laughs> dude, seriously, uh, Swamp Thing and Detective Chimp together in the panels throughout oh, every single... It's always my favorite part of the entire book. As soon as they come together in a panel, I'm like, wait for it. Wait for it. It's going to be good. And it's always good. It's always good. Right. But then like I can turn around and, and read some uh unbeatable squirrel girl and enjoy that just as much. So it's yeah. it's kind of like however I'm feeling that night. <laughs> but I, I, I just feel like we're we're in a really damn good time for storytelling with comics. It is because the way right now Hollywood is very we only do it this way. This is yeah. the only because we're so afraid that we're, you know, gonna offend someone or piss somebody off so this is our small circle of safeness and we only work right here and um so the only way or one of the the best ways the best way to get out those ideas that don't fall within that circle is essentially the raw form of a movie why not have a super bright vivid colorful storyboard of the same movie that we can't do and just print it within 20 pages a few a few times and call it a comic book series and that's what right. we're getting now it's it's so good it's uh you're absolutely right it's it's amazing time to be a comic book fan there needs to be more people out there throwing money into these into these uh comic book stores and yeah. uh, all of these new releases and everything so that you know we can keep this thing going man it's it's oh so good and it's sad because i know there are a lot of comic book stores out there that are you know really struggling just to stay open nowadays yeah yeah and you know a lot of them it has to do with you know they, they can't have the they don't have the space for the back issues and yeah um you know there's there's back issues depending uh, but it all comes down to movie speculation now that's what's going yes. to work yeah. And uh, that's that's what people collect. They don't go back and collect it until there's hype around it. And the only way that hype is coming around these books anymore is if these characters make an appearance on screen. So it's... it's or if you have the outline of Batman's dong. <laughs> so. Exactly. <laughs> right. you know? Yeah. Right. There's got to be some sort of gimmick in there. But, like, yeah, then people are going, oh, well, it's going to be worth something soon. And, Yeah. So it's it's rough, but yeah, uh, yeah. You know, and a lot so of these stores they don't have the the space to have the inventory for all of these potential big issues and everything. So it's uh, it leaves the 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 market to the internet or the massive yeah. warehouses. You know, then yes, no, there are massive warehouses out there like Mile High Comics, and I'm so lucky to be. That's oh, my. Oh. That's my local comic book store. I'm so oh, really? uh, the world's largest comic book store is. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a lucky guy. <laughs> <laughs> but not everybody's that lucky, so yeah. it's it, it does hurt the industry when people want something and then they can't obtain it. They get pissed off and say, "Okay, fuck it, I'm out." Well, and, yeah, and in this like day and age, it's everything's like, "Oh, I need it now, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I could just right. go to Amazon and get it to my door or Prime tomorrow." So yeah. It's unfortunate. But, yeah. And, you know, of course, there's comiXology and there's so many, like, digital means, which, you know, I, if I can't find a copy of something, I'll go to comiXology. But, like, if, given the chan- the choice, like, I'd always go to, to my local 
That's yeah, absolutely, and that's that's what I always say too. I mean, digital comics has really got to be a last resort type of thing. Otherwise, you know, I mean, it's not just more supporting the industry; you're also supporting a local business and all this other yeah. stuff. So, I mean, it's it's just beneficial on every single end to to purchase at a at a brick and mortar store for sure. And it's just nice to have you know the actual comic in your hands. Totally, totally. <laughs> I guess I'm just a little old school with that. No, I don't think there's anything old school about that at all. I, I mean, even I see it all the time. I mean, the, the the kids want the 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 actual comic themselves too. They don't want even these virtual kids, the kids that are practically made out of pixels now. <laughs> right? They still don't want to fuck. They don't want to read the digital comics. They understand the collectability of it all. It's crazy because I mean, not only yeah, uh, yeah I I spend a lot of time at this comic book store. I see. I see what these kids uh, <laughs> what these kids want, and everybody wants. Everybody wants physical copies. I've never once heard anybody say, "Oh, I can't get it this way. I'm gonna go to digital instead." No, instead they say, "I'm gonna go try to, you know, obtain it somewhere else." And yeah, because that's that's what they want. We just we need more people with that uh, with that me- mentality, and then yeah, business will be right back. Comic stores will be not closing as rapidly as yeah. they are, and yeah. Yeah. Well, and besides that, you also have the dealer there to tell you, like, oh, you know, I think you'd really like this. <laughs> you yes. Know, like, See, and uh, that's the other thing, too, is that's that's really the most important. I, I believe the the most important person in the comic book industry is the guy selling you the comics. It yeah. really is. Because if you have some burnout dipshit up there that doesn't know what he's doing, mm-hmm. selling you comics... How are you going to be excited as to what's coming out next? Who's going to be hyping you up? Who's going to be right. answering your questions? And that you are the the heart of the industry. I mean, the the comic doesn't leave the store until you meet that person at the register. And if that person has a laxadaisy attitude, yeah, about comic books, why the fuck would you be even more excited? I mean, exactly, yeah. So and, yeah, that's what I love. And when they say like, you know what, I really think you'd like, or you know, have you seen? Blah blah blah. <laughs> right, right. You know, my, well, my without own. being an elitist at the same time too. That's that's exactly. also another key. It's oh, not yeah. just being knowledgeable, but you can't be an elitist comic because that's that's a huge fucking turnoff. Oh it makes, god, yeah. Yeah, but uh, no, it's um, yeah. So all you local comic book store or clerks out there that hate your fucking job, quit because you're hurting yeah. us. Exactly. Quit. Quit. Go work at Kings. <laughs> go go work at Walmart. You're, you're allowed to hate your job there. It's cool. They welcome it. Go. Well, uh, my local uh, store is it's uh, pretty awesome. They have their own like YouTube channel and like they that's, they like live it, love it, and like breathe comics. That's so, so awesome. That's yeah, uh, definitely. That's like. And that's why they're still open. I mean, you really do have yeah. to put some effort into staying open now. You can't just have the meats. You got you know. <laughs> You well, gotta... I know I had like one. I went to a couple comic book places before before them because I just moved here, and I had um like a, a couple uh, comic book uh, guys and gals tell me like, well, you have to fill out this application if you want a pull box, and uh, you have to get more than such a such amount of comics, and like I get it from a business perspective, but like I don't know this this guy that um, I I love he he said sure. Yeah, okay. Just you send me an email and whatever you want, I'll pull it. And you know, there's no bullshit like attached. It was just like 
I don't know, instantly he, he got my list and then he said, have you checked out this? <laughs> so, you know, he's never like, you know, high pressure, but he's also, you know, keeping an eye out. And mm -hmm. I, I feel like that's really important. No, it, it, it absolutely is. That's that's what's that's why he's still up, and that's why he's going to keep going. Is because he has that ability to 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 still keep some hype without feeling like a salesman at the same time. Because no one wants yeah. to be sold anything. No matter how much they want to buy something, they don't want to admit that they've been sold something. Yeah, <laughs> it's, totally. It's, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I but uh no, that's 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 awesome to hear. What's the name? Oh, fuck it. Oh, what's the name of your comic book store? <laughs> it's uh Mill Geek Comics. Right on. Yeah, they're they're really awesome. That's awesome. But, yeah, it's just and unfortunately a really tiny place, but like all the guys there that work there, they're there because they love it. That's... And they're all just like every time we go in, they know who we are, and you know they talk to us. We have conversation, and oh hey, have you seen the latest DC show? And you know, like Sweet. yeah. Sweet, and that's that's really what people want because a lot of people are intimidated when they go into these stores. You know, they think oh, yeah. that they're gonna, you know, everyone has like that that image of comic book guy from the simpsons right. you know, i think that's what everybody thinks is yeah. waiting for them when they step into a comic book store and, and yeah i mean yeah no those guys are out there but you're not gonna know until you, you at least give it a try because there's a good chance that you know with with this being a day and age of it not being so taboo to be nerdy now there's a lot of people out there that may not seem super fucking elitist nerd when you initially yeah. meet them so yeah. it's a little more welcoming i would imagine for the 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 new you know enthusiast potential enthusiast if you will it's i don't know it's uh, uh you just gotta you gotta give it a try though you you have to give it a shot and hopefully you'll run into is uh, someone like your you know your people or my people yeah. and yeah there's a good chance you will because that, that's like kind of the vibe I got from the people before I, I went to Mill Geek. Like they were just kind of like, oh, do you do you really know what you're looking for? And, you know, it's like, I just don't like that sort of like, oh, you're just you're pretending you're a nerd girl, like, you know, type of thing where it's like, I guess, like kind of gatekeeping of like, you're not really a nerd. It's like, OK, you don't really want my business. Cool. Yeah, no, you <laughs> don't want this industry to go grow. You don't. Yeah. Yeah. As you're gonna, uh, no, no, it doesn't work for anybody. And that's that's part of the reason why I kind of do this podcast, too, is, you know, initially when I thought, OK, I want to do a podcast where I know stuff about it, know stuff about comics. Let me listen to other comic book podcasts out there. And I realized there is one common denominator with a lot of them, and they use the, their, their platform to talk about what they didn't like and what they would change and all that. Yeah. And I was like, ah, what the fuck are you doing? You're not helping everybody. You're just bitching that you don't have the talent to do it yourself. I'm right. sorry. I said it. Calling you out. You know who you are. <laughs> totally. So, yeah, no, it's... Uh, no, and uh, by no, and they, then they are essentially gatekeeping, if you will. Yeah. And no, that's I'm I'm here to open the gate. This there's and so much awesome. great shit back here. There really is. I promise. Just all but of it. I don't care who you. You don't have to be into superheroes to to right. be a comic nerd because there's so much out there. Dude, you could be into horror. 
You could be yes. into old oh. school. You could you could be into erotica for all your interests. Right. I mean, read Faithless shit. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, that, wait, I mean, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, no, me either. <laughs> <laughs> but no, there there's some great shit out there for like whatever you're looking for. Yeah, no, one hundred percent, one hundred percent, and it may not be the first book you try, but there's a hundred books right behind it in the same genre that's just waiting to be read. There's so many indie creators out there that are in the ether that are just yeah, swimming and waiting to 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 make their way and get their chance. And oh man, it's there, there's. there's there's an abundance of good stuff out there. There's there's a never-ending list of amazing shit to read. You could read it all and then still not read it all. It's it's amazing. Yeah. Well, and a lot does depend on on the artist, like telling the story. I mean, oh, I, for sure. I used to think like uh, Red Sonia was just like a dumb bimbo, like <laughs> with her boobs hanging out. But then I, I read Gail Simone's uh, storyline, and it was just like, God damn, mm-hmm. like. Do I like Red Sonia? Fuck, I like Red Sonia. You know? right. <laughs> She's a badass bitch now. Yep. So, you know, it really a lot of it depends on on the artist telling the story. Yeah, one hundred percent. And um, I mean, Miss Marvel was a good example of that for oh, me. I, yes. I, see, I wasn't a fan of G. Willow Wilson's Miss Marvel at all. Mm-hmm. And then Saladin Ahmed came in, and I've been reading Miss Marvel lately, and that shit is amazing. Right. Uh, like I thought, oh shit! I like Miss Marvel now because yeah. back before Saladin Ahmed was writing Miss Marvel, I heard the whole Feige talk with the rumor that oh yes, a Miss Marvel show is in development, and I thought, ah right. oh, damn it! I hate it when Marvel does something that I have no interest in because I just yeah. never liked the way the character was written ever, not right. once from the very beginning. It wasn't just G Willow Wilson that was just my first, my first attempt at her, and then yeah, now Saladin Ahmed came out. Oh shit! This is this is fucking good. I like this a lot. It's dark. It's still fun. It still has the same aspects of Miss Marvel, um, which is essentially kind of like a Silver Age Spider-Man, just with the script yeah. flipped a little bit. But I mean, but that was the thing is, I'm actually not a fan of the Silver Age Spider-Man type of storylines <laughs> in general. I like more of the right. Modern Age Spider-Man stories. So that's part of the reason why I didn't initially like Miss Marvel. But yes, yeah, the fact is, is that a new creator came on, and now I've got Miss Marvel comics hanging on my wall and shit. So <laughs> <laughs> she kicked her ass. Yeah. What can I? But don't you hate that when you're reading a, a comic that's just poorly written, and you're th- you're just all you're seeing are the possibilities? Like, oh God, they could have done this. They could have done that. Okay, and right. oh, <laughs> it's yeah. hard to read. Yeah, but that's that's the cool thing though is that you know uh, on the flip side of everybody complaining about oh it's been re- it's getting rebooted again well check it out if you uh, if you're liking it and it gets rebooted well that's you're you're and you're pissed that's you're being selfish because there's other people out there that want to like it that haven't been liking it and now they're getting a chance to like it again so get excited you know that's true. It's, I mean, it, it, there's there's an upside to all of the, the negative bitching that goes on in this industry. It's all done for a reason. Marvel isn't out there to just piss people off. I mean, they're, they're also out there to appease others. It's not just about you, no matter how much right. you, know, you, you, you want to <laughs> think it is. It's, it's not. So, well, yeah. I, I, I'd say that's true, except for with certain movies, namely Face Off. 
see that movie was made for people like you and i it was yeah. i mean that we they're very niche audience and we're there <laughs> it is i mean that is my favorite nick cage movie easily and there's oh. there's some bangers out there and that's but oh, that's yeah. my favorite <laughs> and it's got a, an appearance from uh joe bob briggs in it what's not to love man oh. <laughs> like, i love that movie oh, but so <laughs> but yeah yeah i i feel like you know i i haven't really thought about it that way but now that you you mention it that's totally true now it's like somebody else's turn to enjoy the story yeah and give it a year, give it 14 months or whatever, and they'll do it again. At least that's the way Marvel's been doing it, and I'm fine with that. If, you know, in 10 years, if there's 15 volumes of something, cool. That means there's 15 different versions of something to enjoy. You may enjoy eight of them, you may enjoy one of them, you may enjoy 15 of them, but there's a chance you're going to enjoy one of them. I, I, I mean, unless you just outright hate that character for whatever reason. I mean, yeah, right. it's, it's just giving every single buddy a chance. And, you know, there's so many amazing creators out there. Why, wh why is it fair to say, okay, only Dan Slott gets to write Spider-Man for yeah. the next 300 issues? Yeah. No. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> no Miles Morales and yeah. no <laughs> give everybody yeah. I mean give other people a shot too you know I mean I'm super bummed that pun I found out Punisher's ending in two issues it's my favorite Marvel title right oh, no. now it's been consistent with the same three creators uh Rosenberg uh Kredansky and Fabella have been and even Greg Smallwood has done every single cover all the way through, and then I just found out it's ending in two issues. Yes, I'm super right. fucking bummed. But I also know that that opens up Rosenberg to do something new, and Fabella, really? and uh, all of the, you know, Kodansky to do something new. And now I get to see a new take on Punisher. And the bar's been set pretty fucking high, and Marvel's <laughs> not gonna throw trash at us when the bar's that high. So, I mean, yes, right. I'm upset, but at the same time, yeah, it's it's opening more doors, and that, it is what it is. There'll be another volume of Punisher to enjoy. So, or maybe then, I just that rumor's wrong. <laughs> 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 no, that'd be cool too. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> the day the is gonna come. Like they don't have to go all the way back to issue one, or like ask a friend what the hell's going on in the story, and you know, so they get like I, I guess like a reboot can really help with them too. For sure, 100%. And I get, you know, every year, every day, someone new is getting into comics. And sometimes, you know, if you get in halfway through the run, it's hard to find some of those first key issues in the beginning. And it, it, it makes it intimidating. So yeah. to know that, yeah, you'll get another shot not too long from now, more than likely. Sometimes you get a Squirrel Girl title out there that runs for 46 issues. Right. <laughs> you know, Marvel's long, longest run, running title right now is Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. How fucking badass is that? <laughs> and it's a damn good story. I mean, well, personally. I, I, read, I, I, I enjoyed the War of the Realm stuff. That's where I jumped oh, in. Yeah, I, I love the, the War of the Realm stuff and uh, just... Anything with a uh, like the uh, journey into the war, uh, the war of the journey realms. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. The journey. Like anything McElroy like related, I'm pretty much there. Yeah. But yeah. That was my introduction into McElroy. Oh. oh. <laughs> so good. Yeah. They the whole family is just so goddamn talented. Yeah. But, uh, There's a bunch of them too. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, that stuff like it's fun to read. But then you know, also I like my my good like dark stuff, like the horror stuff. And yeah, what type of horror stuff are you reading? 
Well, a while ago, I was reading Juke Joint. I really like that. Um, although, unfortunately, that uh, that's been canceled. Uh, um, then also, uh, Walk Through Hell. That's some good stuff. See, I missed a Walk Through Hell. I hear good things. Oh, it's uh, it's it's so good, but it's it's one of those ones where I can only read like so many at a time. <laughs> Really? Yeah. Or else I'm just going to be disturbed for the whole goddamn day and the whole really? week, the whole week. Yeah. Yeah. You got to like take that stuff slow. <laughs> I'm going to have to find some of this stuff and trade it. And that sounds, that sounds like that's really good. It's <laughs> I, disturbing. I like disturbing. Also. Yeah. <laughs> then you right should on. definitely check it out. <laughs> have, uh, Maybe I should send you my copies. <laughs> well, I'll find it in trade. <laughs> <laughs> it's good stuff. Right yeah. on. Have you had the chance to check out Ice Cream Man? Yes. Oh, Dude. yeah. Unfortunately, I'm behind, but... Well, that, oh. there's, well, that's the thing, is it's not a, really a continuous story. It's just yeah. a bunch of one-shots, so... But, yeah, oh, man. Uh, uh, w. Maxwell Prince is taking the art of storytelling in comic books to a whole new level. When they did the Palindromes book, which was two oh. issues ago, oh. and then Down in the Cross with the crossword yeah. puzzles... Holy shit. Oh my god. Yeah. I was so happy when I because that was one of the ones I, I didn't uh have on my list for my poll week, but um I I I saw it on the shelves and I was like, well, what's this all about? And like I just got hooked. I couldn't stop. But I, that is so freaking good. It's like such great storytelling, and I love that it's it's kind of something different, uh every every story. Oh. Oh, yeah. And it's brilliant how, you know, the characters are all never the same, but you always know which character the ice cream man is. And that oh, comes yeah. down to, you know, Martin Morazzo and uh, uh, Chris O'Halloran. They're the, the, the artistic team. Those guys, they just know how to, how to, oh, man, the features and the creepiness. It's all so very ice cream man every time, no matter what he looks like. And you always know it's him. And it's brilliant. It's totally it's next level. It really is. I think I of all the horror books that I'm reading out there, and there's some really good ones. Like Outer Darkness is really starting to to rip into the horror aspect of it and ramp Ooh. up. I haven't um, tried that one yet. Yeah, yeah. It's the the same writer that did Chew, John. Oh, yeah. oh. Yeah. Is it he also doing Farmhand? No, that's Rob. Gu- so Rob Guillory oh. is the artist for Chew, and he's doing Farmhand. That actually just got picked oh. up by AMC. So, oh, huh. no kidding. And um, I mean, and that's you know, that's gonna be some big budget oh. shit right there. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm super happy for old Rob Guillory there. That's 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 amazing shit. I'm still waiting for Chew to get adapted. And uh, John's told me, um, Mr. Layman has said that he's trying, but he's kind of giving up on it now, unfortunately. Yeah. So, uh, maybe uh, with the success of Farmhand from Guillory, that'll that'll spark a an interest in him trying to promote it again because Chu deserves to be to I be seen visually. They were gonna have like Steven Yun in it. Was that right? Yeah, but it, that's been a long time since I, I heard that. I think it was like a year or two. Uh, but yeah. now he's in uh, the show Final Space, so I don't I don't know. Uh, I would love to see that though. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> And I think like the the comic shows are doing really well right now. 
They are, uh, and there's there's so many that that are getting ready to happen. Uh, Bitterroot is another image book. I don't know if you're familiar with Bitterroot. Oh yes! Oh my God! And the David guys Walker. behind that oh, are God. awesome. Oh my God, dude! David Walker and uh, shit, Chuck Brown, mm. um, Sanford Green. I think those are oh, our three. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I uh, met Sanford it. Green at a Comic Con, and he was just the nicest guy. He seems like the nicest guy. Oh. He really does. All of them seem just like yeah. the nicest fucking people. It's oh, I can't. Those are people I can't wait to meet. I, I champion their book like no other. I think it's uh, right now. It's my uh, when I as it stands right now. If I were to do my yearly top books of the year type of show as far as uh new indie releases go bitterroot takes it for sure it's it's a masterpiece it's of a book so good and it's so different it's yeah. like everything i i wanted in a comic but didn't know <laughs> you know I wanted. seriously it, it really is oh it's nice to find yeah. someone else reading bitterroot and then enjoys it as much as i do i mean oh, there's a sorry. lot of people reading bitterroot obviously because it also got picked up by legendary for a film so, and I would imagine <sighs> that's probably going to turn into a trilogy when it's all said and done. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. But it just goes to show these, these indie creators are killing it right now. So it's all the more yeah. motivation for these people out there with these stories in their head to, to go out there, find you an artist and, and make it because yeah. shit, if you put in, a, you got to put in the work, it's not going to come easy, but when yeah. you do, I mean, look what happens, you know, and, Years ago, a lot of people didn't know who the fuck Chuck Brown and Sanford Green and totally all these guys were, and now they're <laughs> getting picked up by Legendary, and you know it's it's uh, all because they decided to make a fucking comic book. Comic. Right? <laughs> I mean, it, like I I feel like that way with uh, with our podcast because we'd been talking about it forever. Um, my my brother and my best friend and I, and finally it's just one day I was like, no, let's stop talking. Let's just fucking do it. Yep. And you know how much work goes into this. It's a lot of, oh, a lot oh, of goddamn work. So much work. And like so much learning you have to do. And then you have to keep up on everything. What's Apple oh, yeah. doing now? What's their new standards? And like, I, I think like you, you, you said it right. I, I've, I've been listening to a couple of your episodes and I think it was in your last one. You said um, that it, anything that's worth it takes, takes work. And I think that's exactly it. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, if success were easy, everybody would be balling. But it turns exactly. out it's not fucking easy. Yeah, some people are lucky. Sure. Yeah, there's a few people out there. And those are the people that you're going to notice the first because those are the assholes fucking gloating. Yeah. And look at me and all <laughs> yeah. that shit. The real successful people, the only way you know they're successful is because of the body of work they're doing, not their, their social appearance by any means. So, yeah. and that's, yeah, no, that's what I... It's, it's not it, about like what they can capitalize off of, but like what story they want to tell. Exactly, and they 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 have a, a passion for their craft, and that's mm -hmm. that's what shines. That's 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 how you know that you know they've made it is because they're still doing something that's good and other people enjoy. And yeah, no, that's uh, it, it's hard. It it really is hard. And by no means am I saying I'm super <laughs> fucking successful, even though we just get a. <laughs> sponsorship here just just recently so yeah oh, west coast sweet. geek yeah west coast geek congratulations yeah, yeah super excited That's about awesome. that oh i'm gonna plug west coast geek real quick <laughs> west coast <laughs> geek 20 percent off use cheers to comics there will be a link in the description all your badass geek accessories clothing gear pops merchandise and even comic books yeah so go figure 
Um, yeah, westcoastgeek.com. Fucking cheers to Cowboys podcast. How badass is that? So, <laughs> so I'm um, this. like I'm, I'm going right there. <laughs> right on, right on. Yeah, twenty percent. I think right now they're even doing a uh, free shipping on sixty dollar orders. So, bam, bam. But um, yeah. Yeah, so uh, I want to kind of talk about. I mean, we're we're kind of running a little a little lengthy here, but that's only because there's so much to talk about. We're obviously going to have to do a second session down the road because <laughs> there's so much, <laughs> so much good stuff. We'll have to catch up again once uh, once you get into your pull list and get oh, yeah. all modernized with all the runs <laughs> and all that. But uh, I want to I want you to talk about your podcast for a few minutes. Tell us what the fuck uh, Cage's Kiss is about, because just the lo- the name alone, I didn't have to see it was Cage's Kiss's podcast. I just saw the logo and Cage's Kiss, and I knew, <laughs> I knew, I'm, like, oh, I'm gonna talk to this person. Well, that's thanks to uh, my co-host Adrian Smith. Um, he's our artist, and he's just he, he his art is just so fucking rad. But uh, yeah, we're we're blessed with him. But uh, yeah, we we talk about the uh, life and uh, masterpieces of the National Treasure, Nicholas Cage, and we uh, try to glean uh, cagey wisdom from uh, his characters that we're discussing that week. And uh, my uh, my best friend and I, when we used to live together, he um, he worked at Hollywood Video. And so he could bring home the shittiest movies he could find. <laughs> and oh. we would just get trashed. And <laughs> we would we would make it through as many of these shitty movies as we could. And, uh, and you know, basically watch as many as we could before somebody cried mercy. And <laughs> or, you know, passed out, whatever. <laughs> my, uh, we started doing this with my brother, too. And, you know, my brother and I would you know, grew up watching horrible movies that our parents probably shouldn't have been letting us watch. But we love, like, watching movies and talking about them. So one day it's just like, you know what, let's just do this as a podcast. And, like, it gave me an excuse to to hang out with my brother and my best friend every week. That's awesome. That's so yeah, it's cool. fun. It's it's great, and at the sense, you know, you guys get to have your fun and enjoy what you do, but at the same time, you guys have grown an audience to where, you know, you you guys got to keep doing what you're doing, and you know, you have the motivation to keep going, and uh, the, yeah. and beyond all of that, you also have some dope ass content. <laughs> it's, <not> just, <laughs> it's and there's there's a never ending you know as long as cage is alive we're gonna have plenty of stuff to talk about so that's you you got a good you 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 found something that's for sure to to you know it's not there's aren't very many people out there or even actors in general to where you could say okay i'm gonna do a whole podcast just based off of this person because frankly (laughs) outside of the movies most of these people ain't that fucking interesting they're really not but you 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 found something that you loved all based off of you know a silly (laughs) we used to like to get trashed to bad movies and now here you are the the the, the king of i mean the best bad movies of all time (laughs) still getting trashed But um, yeah, we have a lot of fun, and I think that's like what's most important. I mean, we we haven't been um, like you know as successful as we would like so far, but it's okay because we're we're having fun and we get to hang out every week. So you know right that's on. really what we were going in for it for. So 
Well, you, you put in the work, it definitely shows. And if you didn't, I wouldn't have found you. So, <laughs> I mean, it, it's, yeah. Um, you, I'm sure you just keep doing it. And together, we'll all of us little podcasters out here will rise to the top. Because you under, I obviously understand the work that goes into it. And it shows. Uh, and Thanks. <laughs> yes. Yes. Our days will come. Yes. <laughs> Vive la revolution. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, hey, thank you so much for enjoy, uh, for inviting me here, man. It's been oh. it's amazing. Yeah, I'm, I'm, this was the best spontaneous idea I think I've had for this podcast so far. So, and I, it seemed to have worked out. We definitely, we uh, I think we've enlightened some people. That's for sure. Some people have definitely been on my, on many different levels. I, I hope mean, so. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> At least two. There's comic books and cage. Those are really the two that we were aiming for. If you got an enlightened beyond two levels, actually, I applaud you because I applaud us. I applaud us. <laughs> Good <laughs> job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But that probably didn't happen. Um, but uh, I guarantee we touched on two. And yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited. We'll we'll definitely have to have you back at some point in time. I know you mentioned a uh, possible ghostwriter conversation yes. down the road. So I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna be doing some ghostwriter research for sure. And I know that ghostwriter is getting ready to get rebooted again here with uh, Ed Brisson helming it. So. Yeah, wow. Danny Ketch and uh, fucking Johnny Blaze is gonna be back relevant again i've been meaning to uh, catch up on the cosmic ghostwriter oh yeah and you gotta do that <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of work there. Do that. yeah no, that's, that's, that's another priority there six issues best six issues ever it's awesome well you definitely have to come over to our party sometime soon so right on well i'm excited <laughs> i'm excited i i based off of this i'm pretty certain i'm gonna have a damn good time because this was a hell of a lot <laughs> awesome i had a great time right on well <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening. This has been another episode of uh, Therapy Sessions or Comic Book Therapy. Fuck, I forgot what I called it. <laughs> <laughs> it's only number two. Don't judge me. <laughs> Whatever it is, we did the hell out of it. <laughs> we did. We did. And it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll be talking again soon. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right. Well, uh, you have a good rest of the evening. And... Uh, Stay well. Yeah, you too. All right. Cheers. <laughs> cheers.